0: I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome everybody to episode 577 of the podcast. I am happy as always to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. This is your first time listening to the podcast. Please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You don't want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, today we have a dad who has gone from the bright lights of the NFL to the bright lights of Hollywood. Vernon Davis joins me on the podcast today. Vernon Davis was the sixth overall pick of the 2006 NFL Draft by the San Francisco 49ers. He played tight end for 13 years in the NFL, earning two Pro Bowl selections. He led the league in receiving touchdowns in 2009, and he won the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 50 with the Denver Broncos. Vernon Davis finished his career with the Washington Redskins. He has now taken his talents to the big screen as an actor. He has got some incredible roles coming up here soon in films where he co-stars with the likes of Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, and John Malkovich. I'm honored to have him on the podcast today. Vernon Davis will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Vernon Davis was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the Super Bowl champion and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right. And this week started off on Sunday with my Super Bowl 56 media day coverage. If you missed out on any of that coverage, I highly recommend you flip it back and take a listen. All the dads that played in the big game, I had the opportunity to speak to them virtually and in person out in Los Angeles. I've had so many NFL dads on the podcast here. I've been really blessed to be joined by so many great NFL dads, including Ronnie Lott, Terrell Davis, Jim Kelly, Carson Palmer, Kurt Warner, Deion Sanders. The list really goes on and on. Uh, Go scroll through the archives of the podcast. You'll check out so many of the NFL dads who have joined me here on First Class Fatherhood. And the football season may be over, but you know that Major League Baseball is right around the corner. you still got basketball going on, hockey's going down. If you're going to buy any tickets to see any of these games, or you're going to see a Broadway show, maybe a concert, go to seatgeek.com and use the promo code FIRSTCLASS at the checkout. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. You're going to save $20 on your tickets. Make sure you guys follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. I got some really big ones coming your way soon, so find out who they are. If you're enjoying this podcast, get over to Apple Podcasts, please, and hit me with a rating or review. goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Vernon Davis. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Vernon Davis. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate
0: it. All right, well, let's kick it off like this. How many kids do you have? How old? I have three kids,
1: 7, 10, and 14.
0: Okay, very cool. You going for any more you are you all done?
1: Oh, no, no, no. I'm done. I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. Unless the right I,
0: one comes along and then, I, you know, we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I got four kids myself, so I'm one ahead of you, but I'm all done myself as well, so... Um, if you could, Vernon, please just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do.
1: Yeah, so I played in the, in the uh, National Football League for 14 years, 14 long years. Um, after leaving the University of Maryland, I ended up, I got drafted to, drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. I went from San Francisco 49ers to the Denver Broncos where I won a Super Bowl. I played there for a year and then I came back to my hometown team, which is the <clears throat> Washington football team. That was uh, pretty phenomenal after that. Um, I ended up uh, retiring uh, with the Washington Football Team and pursuing an acting career, and here I am.
0: <laughs> well, listen, you, you had you had an incredible NFL career. Take me back to the beginning, if you could, Vernon, of your fatherhood journey. About how old were you then when you first became a dad, and how did that experience kind of change your perspective on life?
1: Yeah, I first became a dad at 22 years old, and it was it was phenomenal, man. It was the best thing I I ever experienced in my life. Seeing that baby born which is my which is my oldest kid, Gianni, it was I thought draft being drafted was something incredible, but having a kid is like the most wonderful thing you could ever imagine. If you know for those who don't have any kids, this is quite a blessing. It's quite an amazing uh uh just a, an amazing experience to be able to to see and to learn and to just to navigate uh just the journey of just being the dad.
0: Very well said what what were some of the challenges or difficulties of, of being a young dad uh and playing in the national football league at such an elite level
1: i think when you when you yeah, when you're given something so much of your time which in my from my perspective and just um just in my world, which that would be football, you know just playing football for so long and just allocating so much time because you want when you do something you want to be great at it right, but you also want to learn how to really um come up with the perfect strategy so that you can prioritize and give all the most important things in your life, the time that they need. And for me that I found that difficult in the beginning because I'm like, hey, I'm giving this so much time over here because I want to be great at it. And I know I have to, I have to. Go to uh, leave at 8 p.m., and then when I get home, I don't have enough time for the kid, for my for my kid. So I had to learn how to really uh, hone in on that and and. And make it my own. Take ownership in the things that the great, the wonderful things that I had going on in my life, which is playing football and being a dad.
0: Yeah, very well said. Was there like a like a, a certain camaraderie amongst the players that were on the teams that you played on that were dads, as opposed to the guys that weren't? Uh, did you guys have like a, a like a I guess a similar bond, or was there any kind of special relationship you guys had knowing one another were fathers?
1: Yeah, I think when you when you have kids, you try to create those play days and you try to bring bring your you know you introduce your significant other to your uh your teammate's significant other and you guys come together because it's like it's like you're in that space so you you share that together and you have something in common that you can really relate to so yeah I would see that a lot with a lot of uh my teammates where we would bring our kids together and we would go to the playground and you know just things of that nature
0: very cool. And one thing I talk about all the time on, on this show, Vernon, is, is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. We got so many kids growing up without a father or a father figure in their life, and, and it's having a devastating result, uh, you know, impact on our society. So uh, and one of the reasons when I, when I get into this, one of the reasons for this could be uh, from a messy breakup, a divorce, a relationship that has failed. And a lot of times that causes the dad to be distant or just uh, you know estranged from his family, and it's really crushing a lot of the, uh, of our society. So I know you're in a co-parenting situation. So what is that like for you, and what advice could you give to other dads who are maybe just on the onset of a co-parenting situation?
1: Yeah, I think once we learn to to understand that life isn't just about us, it's about it's about giving back in and understanding when we have things and when we have people, especially just people in general. It's always about the other person. How can we affect the other person and, and make them feel um, much better than they feel felt uh, whether it's years ago or even today, you know, it's all, it's never about what we have. It's about how you make people feel. And once we understand that we learn to know that we have to minimize ourselves and take care of the things that we have going on, and especially uh, the people that we have in our life, our family, our friends, and, It's never really about us. We have to have to become selfless instead of being selfish. And I think the world would be a better place because you can you can you can do it is never just because you separate with your wife or your girlfriend and you guys have kids together doesn't mean that. You have to stay away from. All of them, You you still have a responsibility and we have to take care of our responsibilities. That kid didn't ask to be brought into this world. You did it. So you take control over it and you make it your own and just do the right thing. It's all about doing the right thing.
0: Yeah. Very well said, Vern. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons i don't host a a relationship show or a marriage podcast here you know what i mean these things get a lot of relationships very difficult sometimes and challenging out there but the relationship with your kids can never be uh tested and never be taken away and i think it's the most important relationship and honestly i think it's one of the the number one social issues we have going on in our country is the fact that so many kids uh, don't grow up with a father or father figure and i wanted to kind of turn around on, on a lighter note here i know i've had several dads on here uh, that have participated in Dancing with the Stars, Donny Osmond, Uh, You know, I've had uh, 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 Maxim Chimarkovsky, one of the professional dancers. Everybody always had a great experience that I've interviewed, all the dads that have been on there. What was your experience like uh, Dancing with the Stars, and how did you kind of get into that or get roped into that?
1: Dancing with the Stars was, it caught me by surprise because I thought I was going in and I was going to just, you know, rehearse for maybe an hour a day I get there and I rehearse for three hours a day And then when I get back home I'm in my living room of dancing and working on the routine I got my arms up because you know it's hard it's just, when you go from one one space to another it's extremely hard and especially dancing it's so much that goes into it all of the details all the, the just the prepar- preparation and the and the, the the techniques it's so much and people don't understand like it's just yeah, I have so much respect for just the craft and the people who are pursuing that world. It's just it's it's phenomenal. It takes a lot of work.
0: Yeah, definitely. What did your kids think of your uh, of your uh, dance and skills there on Dance with the Stars?
1: Let me tell you, my kids were just they were just amazed with my Disney performance. Right when I. <laughs> Umier, the candle from uh, Beauty and the Beast, they that that's they loved that. They loved the colors, the bright yellows and um, and they loved the performance. I thought I did a great job with Pita. Um, We went out and we put our best foot forward and and it was uh, it was it was quite the time. It was a lot of fun, a lot
0: of experience I had there. Awesome. How about as far as discipline goes, uh, Vernon, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Yeah, I learned a lot
1: from, I took a lot from my grandmother. My grandmother
0: was all about um, just,
1: she was all about doing things the right way, right? And doing them, uh, having the, the the repetition that you need to be able to be a wonderful person, right? Whether it's waking up, doing chores and coming home, doing your homework and then going outside and playing, coming in before the streetlights came on at night. And um, just being... A great person helping your sisters and brothers being there for them just always she was always she would always uh she was big on the details the details of of just being a, a everyday good solid human being
0: yeah, very cool. And one thing i love to ask all the NFL dads uh, that I get, I've had a lot of NFL guys on the podcast, a lot of NFL dads. Most recently, uh, Donovan McNabb was here. And I always like to get the input because it's definitely a, a, a challenging or a difficult decision for a lot of dads, a lot of parents out there, whether or not to let their kids play tackle football with everything that's going on. So what, 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 what is your opinion on it? What, what do you think is a good idea or what is a good idea uh, for kids to start playing tackle football? You know what? I was actually just –
1: I was one of those kids. My grandmother didn't allow me to play football. I always played basketball. I didn't start playing football until I was in 10th grade. She was just afraid that I would get hurt, and she didn't want to see her boys get hurt. She was always against that. And whether you believe it or not, she she never even really attended any of my games. She would she would wait until I the game was done. I would call her, and then she would go back and watch the game. She would always record it. But my thing is, it's okay to... Um, Push out the timing when it of your kids playing ball. They don't need to play at five and six years old. Maybe when they turn, maybe when they're in sixth grade, right? When they're twelve and thirteen, then they start playing ball because they have so many years to play this game. And I think it's good to protect them in that way. And then they're making all these, they're creating all of these modalities and these these things to keep these kids safe. Like there's a there's a product called Q30 Innovations, right? Which goes around your neck and it squeezes your jugular veins. That's that's coming out. It's coming out hot and fast, and a lot of people are catching on to it. And you know, I actually wore it when I was playing ball. So there's things like that to keep that's keeping these these kids safe. But I think a great age is is around that 13, 14. Uh, mark, my son, my oldest son, which is 14, he just started playing ball at 13. So um, I'm all about it. But as long as you don't take your kid away from it, don't you can't tell them that. He can't play, you know, because everything in life, we make a sacrifice, whether you're a a janitor, whether you're you're cleaning houses, we make a sacrifice with everything that we do. You know, there's always a sacrifice with everything. So just because there's something that we think um, our kids could get could uh, could get hurt in or sustain a have a, a, a like a crazy injury or just something just out of the blue just happens to. Right. We we think that way. And I, I think that way, too, as a parent parent. But we can't let that. Take our kids away from something that they want to do, because eventually they're going to find it. and They're going to do it anyway when they get old enough to want to pursue it. But we, we, we can't stop them at a young age where they're trying to pursue it and really uh, become great at a certain craft.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Vernon. I know you mentioned there. you said your are 14 year old just starting to play ball. Did you ever get involved with coaching your kids as they play sports or you always step away from that and watch from the sideline?
1: He yeah, always step away because one thing, one thing. A kid like when you, I learned this with my kids, and I would hear it all the time. You, he's not gonna take it. He's not gonna be taking this uh, coaching from you. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, my my buddies would tell me, my coach, some of my coaches would tell me, he's like, you just gotta let him go and and just put him with a coach. I was like, I don't really understand it. I want to coach my kid, and I would go out and I and, and I would just take in the energy from my son, my oldest son. And He, you know, he was kind of so I had to figure out a way. How can I really coach my son and make it fun for him and and let it be known that I'm not trying to come down on him or be hard on him, right? So I said, okay, we're gonna go to the park and I'm gonna go with my kids and we're gonna play games. We're gonna throw the ball up over our shoulder, over over our left shoulder, our right shoulder. We're gonna catch this way, catch that way, and we're gonna really focus on the details. We're gonna play a little game. We're just gonna get out there and just play. And at the same time, I'm coaching them. And they don't even know it because it's a game and we're having fun. It's something that we do every weekend and we're getting better.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I always coached my kids when they were in the little uh, like four year olds and soccer and stuff like that. And then as they got older, I stepped away. I think it's important to uh, afford the kids to, to have a different because, uh, you know what? Faison, you're going to have bad coaches. You're going to have bad uh, bosses. And, and I, don't, I think if you're not exposed to that, uh, maybe you're not in a good situation, to know how to handle it or to respond. And sometimes in life, you don't always get the best coaches or the best bosses. And I think that's a part of life.
1: Yeah, and you're, and you're right. And we have to understand, too, because with these kids, we're always disciplining them all the time. There's always a dis, uh, disciplinary approach from us as parents. So, you know, they get tired of here. They don't want to hear us, uh, always this, giving them this, this coaching all all the time. They, they If we're out there coaching them in, in, in a certain sport, then we got to go home. They got to listen to us, coach them, in just life in the house, you know, whether it's picking up their socks, taking their, 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 their books upstairs to the room, just all those things. So we have to be cognizant of that and understand that. They have feelings and they have emotions. So we have to be really, really um, um, strategic and, and approach it in a certain way.
0: Yeah, very cool. When did the acting bug hit you, Vernon? Was that something that you've always been interested in or did it happen towards the end of your playing career? when did that sort of bite you?
1: I think the acting bug hit me when I was playing ball in San Francisco. I took a class at the Shelton Theater of Art and. From there, I just, I fell in love with it. I took, it was an improv class, but I just fell in love, man. And I said, after I was done, I always said to myself, after I was done playing ball, I was going to pursue this career. And I, I'm not, not going to look back. No matter what anyone tells me, I'm, I'm going to always pursue it. And I've been in love. I've been having tons of fun.
0: Yeah, very cool. And what kind of plans or goals do you have here? Are you working on any projects now? What's coming up next for you in the future here?
1: Yeah, I think right now, a lot of the projects that I've completed, uh, I did a movie. I have a big movie coming out with Morgan Freeman called Mooti, where I play a serial killer. That's coming out. Uh movie with John Malkovich just um was just released. It comes out in April, what? it's in theaters and on demand April 15th. So uh all of these projects that I've completed, I'm just waiting for them to come out and um can't wait for people to see some of my work. And right now I'm working on a few things. I have a few scripts. I have some of my own and uh, just putting it all together, you know, just continuing to just put my feet on the on the gas and go.
0: Awesome, Vernon. And the last thing I want to hit you with here, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening?
1: i putting say for the new dads out there, I would say to just really uh, stay optimistic. It's going to get rough. There's going to be some challenges. Yeah. You know, it's 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 always difficult when you have to do something. When something new happens especially uh, a new life is entering your life so you you have to really just just go take it in strides learn as you go and uh adapt adapt because you'll you'll know what to do you'll feel it you, it's, it's that father instinct that fathering instinct will come in just like the mother the mother instinct that mothering love and 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 comfort comes in the father has it as well so you'll you'll pick up on it you'll learn from others you'll ask questions you'll be around friends who have kids and you'll 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 get some of their wisdom and knowledge that they have so it'll just all come together so so don't be don't be uh don't be hard on yourself just uh just taking a stride and just just go just go with the flow you'll pick it up
0: yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Vernon Davis, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood.
1: Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Vernon Davis for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you're doing about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Don't forget, today's episode was brought to you by SeatGeek. If you're going to buy tickets to any event, sporting, concert, Broadway show, whatever it may be, use SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. And when you buy your tickets in the checkout, use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word. First Class, you're going to save $20 on your tickets and help support First Class Fatherhood. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are First Class Fathers.